Hey everyone, I'm Matt. And I'm Steven. And you're listening to Code Talk with Matt and Steven. Where we sit around chatting about code and stuff. So put so, your phone on the table. I'm going to call it during the middle of right, the show. Right. I have a caller. So welcome to episode 12 of Code Talk with Matt and Steven. This is uh, the November Upstate PHP roundtable discussion. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, I'm only as good as my last 10 commits dealing with imposter syndrome. Um, and uh, joining me here, we've got, of course, Matt. That's me. Yeah. Uh, we've got Doug, an old guest. Hello. We got Mr. Kevin Dees. You guys don't be too enthusiastic here. We got a lot of monotone. Uh, this is well, a podcast. This is a podcast. We'll get into it. It's just the intro part. Okay. And uh, forgive me. I Mike, Mike Shock. Mike, right? Yeah. Okay. I knew I thought it was Mike, but I wasn't 100 uh, percent on that. So, welcome everyone. Uh, we've got some time before the pizza gets here. So let's just talk about crap. Um, and this is the format of our show. We just talk about crap. Yeah. You just talk about stuff. And we um, really don't talk about like what we're going to talk, talk about, about until like right before. So that way, yeah. no preformed opinions on anything. Exactly. Yeah. This is all fresh. Up the cup. Who um, that, that does a YouTube channel? Let's talk about that. Is it Philip DeFranco or well, we somebody that, that has, that's their like taglines? Let's talk about that. So... When I was done, earlier when I was done, Doug, what uh, the topic was, he is he, he brought up a good point. He said, uh, "What did you you want to say?" I'm totally not qualified to talk about imposter syndrome. Yeah, right. And so, like, it's funny because I wanted to a few months ago. I wanted to write a, a talk or a blog post about it, and I, so I started doing all this research on it. I'm like, why can't I just tell my story? That's what I wanted to do, but I feel like in order to tell my story, I need to have the facts backing it up. But um, like for me, I think it's funny to find out that everybody experiences it. Uh, thank you. Uh, that everybody experiences it. Well, because like I didn't go to school for programming. I taught myself, um, and then I just got a job. You know, we got like one man shop. I was the only dev, right? And then I had I was, you know, two devs and a smaller team of whatever. But then you start growing and whatever. But then you start working with people who are way smarter than you, and then you, it makes it even worse, right? Because you're like, oh, wow, like they know all this, and they, or they went to school for engineering, like. I can't call myself an engineer because I didn't finish school personally. I didn't. Um, and so like, I, I want to hear some of you guys' stories. Like, But for me, it, it helps. It doesn't help me get rid of imposter syndrome, but it helps me accept it, knowing that like the people in the industry and my peers that I look up to uh, experience it as well. You know, I've been fairly introspective recently um, because mentoring through SC Codes exposed me to that idea because – you have um, people that are really new to coding things and they're going through that experience of like, try something and it fails, try something and it fails, try something and it fails. And they feel like they hit these brick walls. And I started to realize that I have brick walls like that all the time. I've just developed ways to go around them, to deal with them or to step back and get advice or, or whatever. And so I totally don't hit any less number of issues or errors or problems as I go through my workday, I've just kind of developed coping mechanisms for it, really. And so being able to encourage those guys as I'm mentoring um, that, like, failure is totally part of this, and it's going to make you feel like, oh, man, I hate myself, I'm stupid. But it totally doesn't go away. The failures continue to be a thing. And so learning to cope with, like, oh, crap, I made a mistake, or, oh, crap, I didn't write the right thing, or, you know, all those types of 
factors. I think those are the most significant things that can make you feel like an imposter. Um, and if you look at the biggest, coolest developer you've ever met, you're like, wow, he's bigger than life. That dude does not write code in his head that comes out on the computer and doesn't and compiles the first time straight through. It's just that, that if he does, I'd like to meet him because I'm pretty sure he, you know, it, it probably is really good, but over time. Hi, I'm Kevin. <laughs> it's nice to meet you, Kevin. It's really great to meet you. I'm glad you're here on the show to uh, put us all in our place. <laughs> that's the only reason it comes out of this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Just I, mean, I think to, part of that is uh, the list that you create uh, in, kind of in your head as you're, as you're going through and doing debug. It's like, you know, you're going to – did I forget a semicolon? Did I um, – did I miss uh, like a, a line end or something like that or, or something in a script or, or something, but you built a list over time. And it's so, experience. Yeah. yeah. And to some junior guy, you, you walk up and go, Oh, you missed a semicolon, you know, cause you, you're you, only because you've done it a thousand uh, times yourself. <laughs> you failed so many times that it makes an, uh, a line item on your list. And then it's like, when they, when they come across it, it's, it's, you know, it's like, it's a brick wall. They're like three hours later. And it's like, Oh and then you just walk up and it's like, oh, it's because of that. Now, you misspelled that variable. Oh, you know, and it's like, but that's on the first 10 of your list. Yeah, well, PHP Storm helps me there, but yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes it's it's also the fresh set of eyes, right? Like, oh, yeah. even you, you, like you said, you built up this list, but just you've been staring at it from however many, like, you're stuck away. three la layers in thinking yeah. about it from the wrong piece of the puzzle. Like, I bugged the hell out of my, my coworkers because I'm the first one to, like, hey, can we screen share instead of chatting on Slack? They're like, no, I'm, only, I'm like, I have a question for you. Here's a, here's a screen share link. Join me in a second. Because I'm like, I want your eyes. Like, let's just get to the problem, you know, and get to the solution. And a lot of times, you're right, it is. They're like, oh, yeah, here's a fresh perspective. And I'm like, oh, why well, didn't I think of that? It's because I've been working on the problem for, like, three weeks. Well, I mean, we've as developers, we've invented our own term for that, rubber ducking, right? Yeah. It's like we have a whole terminology that newbies don't even realize is a thing because as soon as I start to step through, the whole point of rubber ducking is that I'm stepping through methodically and explaining the process to a rubber duck or a person. And how many times have I done this or you done this where you go through and you're like step three of ten and you're like, oh, shoot, that was – and, and you didn't yeah. even need the person almost, and, which is why the rubber duck is in the equation, right? And, but I think we've invented our own terminology because it's not uncommon. I think what makes us feel like imposters is we feel like we're the only ones experiencing. We're the only ones that have to ask for help. We're the only ones that, that are experiencing that level of failure. Everybody else is better than us. I feel like another, another big spot, especially for me, is usually when I'm on a job hunt is where I really feel imposter syndrome where I'm like, is my, is my experience good enough for this position? Cause usually you're reading the list of like requirements and you're like, well, I've touched a lot of those, but not all of them, you know? And then who am I, you know, I want, you know, usually you're going after your dream job. So you're like, you know, me and what 5,000 other people are applying for this, you know, what's, what are the chances? So, you know, if you get that interview and let's say, I mean, you're looking for a job. Let's say you land the first interview, you land a couple, but you get rejected on a couple. <laughs> You're like, am I actually, yeah, good enough to have one of these jobs or do I need to start looking for something? You know, oh, man, I've really gone through that in. code process yeah. of like submit, you know, 40 hours worth of code. And yeah, and then they're like, oh, yeah, you made a mistake. You're like, could you like, I understand you don't want to hire me because it's a security issue. Could you tell me 
what flaw I didn't like cover the basis for so that I can learn from this experience. No, because that's proprietary to our code process. I spent 60 hours developing this project for you. <laughs> you, know, hey, you talk about like during, like when you're job hunting and like, as I've gotten, you know, more experience and I've been doing this 11 years now, something like that professionally. Um, you know, it's, I, I still have this feeling of like a one trick pony because I mean, yeah, I can do JavaScript, but like I pretty much just work in PHP and I'm like, can I do other languages? So I'm always trying to play with something, yes. but I'm like, you, and you understand logically that like there comes a point where you learn enough about programming and software development where it's, it doesn't matter really what language, right? Cause it's all the same principles from language to language. It's just, you know, the syntax at that point, but I don't have the confidence to like, if I lost this job and couldn't find a PHP job, I don't, I would, I don't think I'd have the confidence to be like, well, let me go try and find, you know, apply for this Ruby gig. I've never written Ruby, yeah. like, but it, but it's the same principles. Like you could just go in there in a few weeks, probably pick it up, and then after you get caught up with you know the language, then you'd be blown because it's the same principles. But you just have to pick brand new ones, like Elixir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot. Have you seen the job? I saw a job listing go by. Somebody posted it on LinkedIn, and the recruiter emailed the guy who wrote like Ruby, and he asked for like. A year, the exact year that Ruby was created or like a year earlier than like there was literally like two people on the planet that had that many years of Ruby experience because it was so, so yeah. like the, the recruiter of course didn't know what he was talking about. It's like, oh, it's Ruby's only four years old, but I need somebody with five years experience. Like, you know, I saw sometimes one. the job listing has no bearing on the yeah. I saw person like you're interviewing with backbone. at all. Backbone was about two years old. Uh, I saw someone like a recruiter asking for like I think it was three or four years of backbone experience. I was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> then you know that, that, that yeah, they have no idea what they're yeah. But if the, if if all of us and we're openly talking about, everyone feels this imposter syndrome, and it's in except yeah, for sure, Kevin. except for Kevin. And I'm sure this term exists in other industries as well, but I've heard, you hear it in programming and engineering, right? But like, why if everyone feels it and it's so openly discussed, why do we still feel it? You know, like if you know everyone feels that way and like, like, why should I feel that way? Right. Like I'm. It's because the reality is you are an imposter. <laughs> like <laughs> seriously, specifically we are all imposters. That's, that's the critical piece. Nobody, on that. nobody knows enough to know how much they don't know. There's so much. There's so much that people don't understand that. It takes other people working together to build anything great. Nothing great is going to come out of a single developer. No, and so yeah, that's good. So what? everybody's an imposter. Everybody is an imposter. Yeah. Or you're not an imposter. You're, like there's no Are we just kinda, exposed to that idea more because we're in programming instead of, you know, supply chain management? No, I think everybody's an imposter. Well, you don't want like But are we exposed to it more, right? Here, like right? Like you oh, they have God be, syndrome, but yeah, that's a got, different they, they problem. Got the <laughs> they got the God complex. They know yeah, everything. But they're more specific. You know, for, for <coughs> you have like an orthopedic surgeon specifically for the left knee or something. You know, they are that specific. But you don't have like I'm a PHP programmer that just does um, authentication. Authentication. <laughs> that's it. That's all you do. But there isn't a job market for that. There's a job market for, you know, a PHP programmer, but not for one of that specificity, you know, but for doctors there are. But now I can That's see where the, the everyone's an imposter thing because you look at the things that you do on a daily basis and then you look at like the breadth of the language and it's like you do one piece 
or you know just a few pieces in the, the project that you're currently working on but then you could you see everybody else doing all these other things and you're like and i couldn't I couldn't do that, but really, it's a it's a team effort. A lot of times, right? your specialties with doctors they go through the exact same training for the first seven years. They definitely specialize after that. But your eye doctor is an MD. He went to the same classes that your oh, yeah. pediatrician went yeah. to, right? At least up to a certain point. So, yeah, but specialties. They don't care about it yeah, once they get to that point, once they get to a point, right? They're they not studying the research studies that are pediatric in nature when they're an eye doctor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, once they get to a certain point, they don't care. Because they all the other stuff besides the left knee, they don't care about. They only care about is that, and they do it really well. Well, I think that's a, a you, you make a, a a good point, but you know there isn't just a PHP job anymore either. Oh, yeah. So you know, you got to know a combination of some other form. Usually, it's PHP and at least JavaScript, but usually it's. That's you know, right. Yeah, quite a, a, quite a bit more. You got to yeah. be full stack. Full stack. Right, yeah. You got to know. Specialized. You got to know how to front you know, end, back end, database developer. Exactly. You know, you be the whole yeah. So it's a lot more than just. Oh yeah, exactly. But you can specialize in some. I mean, some ways. I mean, you see people who like write all these blog posts or whatever, or like we'll go speak at conferences. Like they're known as this guy, right? Like the developer evangelist. You've got like yeah, I, like excuse that way. Anyway. Got, I can I can't think of any specific examples now, but like certain conferences you see like in PHP, like they have the same speakers, and it's always like this guy, and he always talks about testing, and this guy, and he always talks about this, and it's like they're that's their expertise. That's because most developers can't give a good talk. Uh, well, obviously, <laughs> or we don't prepare. When I did my talk. Don't prepare for their talk. I was that guy this year. I did um, I think six different presentations of Docker. One was Drupal and the others were WordPress. Yeah. But they were all at different word camps and at Drupal camp. Yeah. Also, it's way easier to build one slide deck, although I did screw up one and accidentally used the Drupal slides for a WordPress talk, but whatever. <laughs> it just, it just <laughs> I'm such an imposter. It is so much easier to develop one set of slides for six different camps or conferences than it is to develop six unique talks. I wouldn't have done six talks, I don't think at all. But I submitted the same talk to all the camps, and they were like, yeah, we want to hear this story or the talk. Okay, so, so now most of you all have given talks here at Upset PHP. I know the two of you, Kevin and, and uh, Doug, you guys have spoken at conferences. Well, that's something that like, I personally want to try and make as a career goal for next year, 2018. I want to speak at a conference. I tried to, to do that last month, month here. What month in 2018? Uh, well, my goal oh. is uh, August. <laughs> it sounds like he's older to see you. I got a conference I'm shooting for. Beginning or end? I don't what know. What conference? Southeast PHP. Matt Trask is making it okay. in Nashville. Do, do you mind if I take a couple of um, And so, but I tried myself last month with my talk. Uh, it went horribly because, like you said, I didn't know. Uh, you weren't even here, but you called it without knowing it. Uh, I didn't prepare. I had since July, and I kept putting it off, and I just didn't prepare because it was. I kept thinking like ninety-five percent of enough. all talks are that way. That I, I go know. to that are terrible. You can look at the person who's giving a talk. The talk just before theirs, they're typing away on their laptop or whatever, trying to get their slides together. And I think that's the other part of imposter that you have to realize is. You have to have a certain level of self-awareness. You have to say, am I actually an imposter in this area? Am I lying to myself so that I feel better about myself? Or do I just need to get slapped in the face by reality and get a little bit of humility going on to say, 
I need to actually be better in this. I feel you like know? we should go backwards one step. What exactly is an imposter? Like, how do you guys define that? Like, I have a feeling and a thing that I ascribe to that, but like, I want to know what, what, what does that mean to you guys? Like a, I don't know, like a CTO who doesn't even know how to turn on his computer. <laughs> that would be an imposter to me, you know. So is it is it the feeling of expertise when that, that other people are putting on you? You must be an expert, and you're over here like I don't freaking know anything. Is that or or yeah yeah? So you other people or you think other people think you know something that you don't know, or you're pretending. Yeah, to, I would say that if you you're yeah you're pretending to know something you don't know. So. Do not give an answer. To something you know nothing about. It's right. better to say, "What to does that, that mean?" <laughs> yeah. I can tell you how many times somebody telling me, "Don't talk about." This. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wow, he can really tell." Like, I was reaching for Steven, that. Steven, you don't know what you're talking about. So. Don't give the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess this is our last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes, <laughs> Steven has relinquished his title as developer and is now walking away. <laughs> what I what I mean by that is. Don't be afraid to ask questions. How many times have I been in a talk? You gave, Matt, you gave a talk, Docker talk, and you couldn't get five minutes worth of words out without me saying, what does that do? I'm totally confused. What what the heck? So there's a place of being, I think, I don't know, imposter syndrome. You have to be vulnerable. You know, if you want to get past. And that's uncomfortable. Past, that's like past that part, like. If you feel like in a, an imposter, it means you're putting up some kind of guard. You're blocking people out. Because if you bring down those defenses and you open yourself up, then there's a conduit. You can start learning things. Yeah. You know? Well, like, and that's exactly like I committed to to doing my talk, right? Because my goal was I want to do conference talk. I committed to doing my talk here as obviously the first step because I haven't even spoken to my music group in three years. And I just kept putting it off, kept putting it off. I had. I think the both of you, Doug and, and, and Kevin, do talks in between because I wasn't ready. And then there comes that point, right? Like you just said, you have to be vulnerable. Um, and then, like, I, I have the recording. Uh, I accidentally recorded the wrong screen, so I can't post it. But I have the recording of myself. I went back and watched it, and it was – I felt embarrassed because I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was – well, I didn't prepare. It was, like – it wasn't the tone or the story I wanted to tell. It went a lot faster than I thought. But – thinking back on the evening it went really it seemed like it went really well like a lot of people it. shut up <laughs> a lot of people uh like seemed to really engage and like a lot of people asked questions and they were like so and then the discussion time after the talk went on for probably as long as the talk did itself and um and that was cool and that was really encouraging it was like while wow, i did fail myself we're our, like, our, we're our own worst critics right, right? but yeah. it still seemed like when looking back and trying to think logically and objectively right like it seemed like it was well received. So I have to hang on that and like think objectively and not emotionally. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I, I think that's that. in that really kind of the definition of imposter syndrome as far as developers go is that you, you know, somebody who, who goes and says they can do something is technically an imposter saying, I can do this, but I really can't. But then you have the people where imposter syndrome comes in is where you actually do have the skills to do something. It's just, you don't have the confidence to say that, you you know, to, to just go through with it and say you can do it. So, you know, you're on a project, you hit a wall, and you're like, oh, my God, am I even in the right, you know, am I doing the in the right career? Like, do I need to go be a landscaper or something, you know? Um, 
So oh, I've totally thought about that. <laughs> I know. I, totally. Chainsaws are very satisfying. It'd be so nice yeah. to be outside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've had yeah. that office space moment. So, yeah. So I feel like, I feel like that's probably, you know, to me, you know, when you're sitting there, you feel like the imposter when you, you know, you technically can do it. You have the skills to do it, but you just don't have the self-confidence. And, you know, how do you get around that? Yeah. And, you don't isolate yeah. yourself. Yeah. You know, that's when that happens is when you isolate yourself, you're not, again, that vulnerability is huge so important to have that in order to break that down because it when you ask somebody hey i can't figure this out can you tell me what i'm doing and they're like oh man i can't do that either but you have to have that moment of vulnerability to get that response to then say oh i'm not the only person here you know and again you have to be willing to be vulnerable you know actually you, you made a good point i feel like when I when I first started off in my career, I was actually a lone developer for a very long time at small places. But when I actually started working in a team, and you know we we solve problems together, we you know we pair program all that kind of stuff. You're, you're just like when something needs to get done, it doesn't feel like it's all on your shoulders. And if you don't know it, you know you're reading books, blogs, whatever, training to try to get it done. And when you're done, you're like, did I do that right? Versus if you made that decision as a team, you know, you involve somebody higher up, they help, they said, let's go with it. You know, it's a little easier when things fail because you're doing it as a team. So. You get different perspectives yeah. and mm-hmm. exactly. multiple inputs. Yeah. And going back to the definition of what imposter is, right? I think we have the imposter syndrome because we think people think of this of us. But it would really be an imposter, right? If we said, "This is I know this," but then we're just like straight up lying. Um, and so, it kind of that definition mixed with Kevin's point of, of humility, I think that's kind of where we can grow, right? Is is it's okay to not know everything, right? And you're like, I don't, I don't have to sit there and say, "Yes, I know that," and then lie through my teeth and then go behind the scenes and look it up. Like, I don't know it, but I'll look it up. I think that's hard for a lot of people to say. Is I don't know. Especially when you're supposed to be the expert, like you're in the office, you're the lead programmer, or you're the whatever it is, and someone comes up to you and says, "How do I do this?" or "How do we how do we build this?" Or whatever, and, and if your first Why answer is, so is slow, or yeah, it's like I don't know, <laughs> yeah. you know, and to be able to to actually say that and and not freak out and, and think you know negatively negatively of yourself is is kind of hard, you know, because you would think that if you're an expert, if you are the the person, then you should know all these things, but really you don't. You know. So at work, we call our managers coaches, uh, which they really truly act. Uh, and my, my coach coached me on something this year of, of changing how I respond to that, especially when I've had to deal with our CEO. When I get the question of, and then my response is, I don't know. Or that's not a good question or a good response, obviously, to someone higher up like that. And so you follow it up. I don't know, but let me go find out. Yeah. yeah. So you always follow it up with that. And it shows that you're willing. It shows the humility, but it also shows you're willing to learn. You know, I don't know everything. I don't pretend to know everything, but I'm willing to learn and figure that out and offer solutions. You can't foster to what you were saying before. You said you don't have to know the answer to everything, but you can't foster ignorance. You can't use that as the final thing. You have to say I don't know everything, but I'm going to grow. And this is why, and this is how, and this is what I'm going to do in order to grow. And I think if you have that approach, you're well on your way to overcoming this imposter thing. Because when you're asking yourself those questions and other people those same questions, you're creating the sphere of relationships. And again, if you're, if, if, 
if you don't want to isolate yourself to overcome imposter syndrome, then you do need to be connected. So that's for the people listening and us to figure out how do I be connected? Is it a group? Is it, you know, a chat room, whatever it is, you've got to figure that out. That's the hard part. That's the grunt work. Nobody's going to do the work for you to overcome this. Like this is on you to figure out. Um, but the key there is part of the fear in the imposter syndrome is, you know, if I tell Matt or you Steve, I'll use Steven as the example, since he, he razzes me all the time. Uh, you know, if I'm like, if I tell Steven, I don't know what I'm doing and he's going to get mad at me, then that might not be a healthy relationship in the first place. So do I, do I even want to be a part of this team that's going to do that to me? And there's only really two outcomes. Either Steven's a complete jerk or I am, actually am an imposter and I need to get better at my craft and find something else. Because there are times when you walk into a situation, you don't know what you're doing and you're actually not qualified. And you need to say, you know what, guys, I'm not qualified for this. I need to go warm up my skills over here. And I think you'll find in most situations, if if you're, I mean, I'm not saying like back down every time, like, you know, obviously you want to ask the why, how, and what first of help me grow. But if you're a place that's like a real situation, I think you'll find if you have the right relationships, those team members will come around you and say, you know, you're right. You're not good enough for this, but we can help you get there because you don't know why you don't know how or what, but we'll help you ask those questions properly and help you f- discover how to ask those. And I think that's where the relationship piece comes in to that whole imposter thing. So I think if you have solid relationships, you're going to have health. <laughs> and with that, we're out of time. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, thanks, right. guys, for joining us. It's a lot of fun. We want to try and do this every month if we can at every meeting. Um, this was a really good discussion, so thanks for coming out and participating. See you next right. time. Rock and roll. You've been listening to Code Talk with Matt and Steven. Check us out on Twitter. We're at Code Talk Podcast or online, codetalk.simplecast.fm. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.